When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. The one and only Sausage and Egg McMuffin from McDonald's. With a freshly cracked free-range egg, perfectly seasoned sausage, and oozing cheese. Mm, that's unreal. What she said. McDonald's. Breakfast done properly. Welcome along everyone to episode 61 of the bloodandmud.com podcast. Your sweary pipe bomb of rugby knowledge. I am Lee Calvert, the editor of bloodandmud.com and over there he is... Oh, I'm Josh Gardner of RugbyShirtWatch.com. He is not paying attention. He is not paying attention. In a very strange way. Was you it know what? why, though? Because deep down, I'm really excited. And really, why would... truly excited. Yes, because, because this is our Lions special. Finally, after the best part of a year of grumbling about everybody else being far too premature with Lions, we're finally getting in on the game yeah this pod generally tries to do things differently and by differently we mean borderline incompetently but that but we've oh, yes. resisted moving to the beat of just one drum for long enough <laughs> and we yeah. now have to fall lockstep in line like lemmings being guided with little creativity by rob howley over the lion's predictions cliff yes we are in the the, the lion's prediction conga as i like to uh to <laughs> refer you, to it as you, so that's my as, yes, pu- as my cat howls from the uh, as yet, very aptly, your cat is making yes. a noise. He, he wants his spot on the tour. He's <laughs> like, well, basically, I'm sort of a lion, aren't I? Imagine a cat Not. as a fullback. That would really work, <laughs> wouldn't it? My cat as a fullback would just be incredibly startled by all things, <laughs> particularly high balls. He'd be terrible, if I'm honest. Uh, so not unlike... No, I'm trying to go for a joke, and I can't think quick, quickly enough. They're a startled no. fullback. Yeah. Matthew Morgan, there you go. Yes, there we go. So, as a part of li- falling listlessly towards our feline-related pointless argument oblivion, we will have a go at naming a squad and a test start in 15. Yes, and it won't at all be contentious because it- these things are never contentious ever. 
We'll have a lovely chat with Ben Utley. We will. Son of Lions legend Roger Utley. I think if you were wondering, you are right. Director of the Lions Raw documentary in 2013 and in 2009, he was on it as well. And if we have any time, and if we're still speaking to each other after the Lions <laughs> arguments, then uh, we will do a bit of shit good. Well, don't go all Keith Wood on me, all right? <laughs> <laughs> you are all welcome here, everyone out there. Thank you very much. Even if even if you are there just reading something else on your phone while listening to us. Yes, you there. Don't think we don't know who you are. Yes. This is available on iTunes. It is available on Acast. You can get in touch with the pod at Blood and Mud. That's me. And you can get in touch with Josh. Uh, at Josh Gardner or indeed at Rugby Shirt Watch. That's Rugby Shirt Watch, by the way. Yes. I don't know why I sort of went shh at the end of it then. That's weird. Anyway. No, I don't know either. I was going to read out a review, but I've forgotten to actually tee it up. And the reason why all these funny noises are coming in now is I'm trying to get it up on iTunes. <laughs> See, and iTunes makes that noise, that strange whoop noise when you... Uh... Yes, it does. I'm going to keep doing it, though. Cause why I'm not? I, I like I'm now. noises. Let's do with it. Most recent. Let's see if we've had anything. Probably got nothing now, haven't I? That would be really disappointing, wouldn't it? Yes, it is. Here we are. A review, a five-star review sent to us by Tangerine Saint. Is, is <laughs> I mean, it Samson is that Lee? A Gavin Henson is that Sa- or is it Samson Lee? It's been a. F- <laughs> and he <laughs> says he says better slower. It's called this review. Been a fan right. for a year or so, and it's still a top listen. Others have said it's like listening in on a couple of fellas down the pub talking about rugby, and indeed it is. My recent discovery was to listen at half speed. They now sound like two <laughs> blokes down the pub who have been on the pop and spliffs all day and are absolutely wankered. Josh is calling in from an Amsterdam coffee shop where he has just downed his second space cake while Lee is flopped on the sofa surrounded by 24 empty cans of the black stuff with his phone on speaker. Priceless. Oh, and the pod lasts twice as long, so even better. Has he been... Like stalking me this weekend or something. <laughs> it's <laughs> peering through the window at your life there, basically. So thank you very much, Sandrine Say, for that for that review. We also re- it's a, a, one of the more bizarre reviews. Yeah, but it's got five stars on it, so I'm happy. I enjoyed it. Exactly. Who gives a shit? Brilliant. Another review is says funny rugby rants, five stars. Fantastic rugby podcast. This is from G aka Jed. Fantastic rugby podcast, as long as you're not James Haskell, Keith Earls, or Rob Howley. If you- <laughs> that is probably fair. If yeah. you have kids, you'll need to buy earphones. It'll be money well spent. Yes, it will. You don't need to listen yes. out for your kids when you can listen to us. No. And I mean, was he saying that from a we we frequently turn the air blue and you probably shouldn't listen to it in front of your kids thing? Or I'm hoping so. Is... I hope that it's not some other strange yew tree sort of way. That would be... <laughs> well, there's that. I, I just assumed it was more very dubious parenting from... Uh... Oh yes. Ignore your kids while listening to us. Yeah. Either way, it all works. Just Either listen way, to us. That's the main on. thing. As long as you listen to us and give us five stars, genuinely don't give a shit. <laughs> Do what you want. So you can go on iTunes while you're there. Why not subscribe? Tell your friends about us if we're any good, and try and spread the word because you know we like to keep the numbers going up. If um, you think we're not very good, tell your enemies. Tell your enemies. Yeah. So this is the best thing yeah. you'll ever listen to. Yeah. Why not? It's all track. It's all numbers for us. Right. Enough. The preamble <laughs> needs to not last. It's lasted five minutes this week. It was 15 minutes right. last week. So let's actually get on with it. That's because we had our conversation about pick and mix and sweets before we came on. That's true. You've week. missed a blinder, ladies and gentlemen, really out there. Did. We had a proper discussion about pick and mix with the possibility of having a rugby pick and mix 15 at some yes. point. So get your suggestions you. in for that. <laughs> uh, let's talk lion squads. 
first uh, yes. of all, Shit. first we're straight in there. Straight in there. Let's talk line squads. Now that we're gonna do the we're gonna do the forwards first. Before yes. we get into that, let's talk about numbers. Now we had a discussion because yes. we weren't sure. We're not sure how many people he's actually going to name on the nineteenth of April, are we? No. People seem to think thirty seven, but he only mm. took thirty one last time. Um, so we decided to just go in the middle, didn't we? They named an original oh, squad of 37, though, didn't they? In 2013, didn't um, they? Did, 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 did they really slice it down? Maybe. Anyway. But anyway, we've gone for 35, because fuck it, why not? Why not? It's a nice round number, isn't it? And one thing I've discovered through doing this job is that I've always had a bit of respect for Warren Gatland, I'll be honest, but I've got even more respect for him now, because when you sit and try and whittle it down to 35, or even 37, it's really not a very easy it, job. Shitting hard, isn't it? Like there is going to be a shit ton of very good players, particularly very good forwards, who are going to be going off with their respective countries, slash being sat on a beach this summer. Yes. So let's get straight yes. into it and let's talk prop forwards, shall we? Yes. Would you like? Should we start with the? I suppose we should probably start with the loose. Given that it's number one, it is number we? one. Lucy is left and number one. Indeed. Who was the first time I mean your team sheet? The first time I mine was Mako. Bingo. Likewise. So Mako's definitely going in both of our yep. squads. In terms of how we're approaching this, by the way, we did have this discussion. Are we picking the squad we would want, or are we picking the squad we think Gatlin will take? I'm sort of. I've kind of gone somewhere in the middle. I think it's not an unfeasible squad that Gatland could take, but there are a couple of them that I, I will admit that I'm sticking my neck out or being slightly controversial with just because of my own personal biases slash... And just because you like to be a contrary sod, yes? Well, there is that as well, obviously. But uh, yeah, I think that my squad is not a million miles away from what Gatland will pick, but there are a couple of wild cards in there. Right, so Mako is a nailed on for the for the props. Yes. Loose head. Second loose head. Yes. Now. I went I went Jack McGrath. I went Jack McGrath as well. Yeah. And I went, and then, yeah, I think that's a fairly... And then you're looking at Joe Marler. Well, the, my third loose head is where I've arguably done my most controversial selection. Um, and I've gone for Gethin Jenkins. Now, I was considering... Now, some people are saying this is a very outlandish thing to do to go for Gethin Jenkins, but I think, I, they think I think they forget, you see, that Gethin Jenkins is probably the greatest rugby player of the past 30 years yeah, in a massive-headed 19-stone frame. He is, without doubt, one of the most athletic and talented and genuinely brilliant rugby players to have ever played the game, and that, that is just a fact. And I, I see him as... A, he, was, he came back for Cardiff on Friday night and was very good. B, Gatland knows and loves him. C, he's not nearly as much of a liability in the scrum as he used to be. D, mm. he is still the best type 5 forward over the ball that I have ever seen. He is basically an open side flanker in a prop's body. And E, they're going to need a midweek captain. And who better than Geth? And F, who's going to find the corners late in the game? Exactly. exactly. Who, what, what happens when they need an emergency fly half <laughs> for a midweek game? 
Having said all of that, that's still a fucking stupid selection you just made there. I know it is, but when you look at the other options, Joe Marler. Joe Marler, yeah. Rob Evans. Yeah, both of whom have, are in all right to relatively indifferent form and don't really offer anything. I think beyond... you're being... I think you're being slightly unfair to Marler there. I think he's had quite a good season, especially given the fact that he was. Rob Evans has had quite a good season. But you think when Joe Marler was in, was basically in therapy with a shrink last week to try and you know squeeze the racism out of his brain. I know, and he's gone from that to playing, and he had a very solid Six Nations, and and as going as a third choice loose head, who's actually playing international rugby. I want some razzle dazzle from my third choice loose head, (laughs) and that is getting fucking Jenkins. I don't actually think you'll pick him, but I don't think it's the stupidest idea Have either. Have you picked Gavin Henson as your third out half as well? Ah, oh, if only. If only. <laughs> yeah. Wait and see. Wait and see. All right, so, let, so to bring this back to normality for a minute, then, we're both saying yeah. Mako and McGrath, and McGrath, right? Yes. That's fairly nailed on. I'm probably going to... See, I'd love for him to take Gavin Jenkins just just, just for the just legend. love it? Oh, it would be Because it would be his fourth tour as well. Yeah, this is proper heart overhead shit for me, but I just deep, deeply want him. Especially because Geth didn't actually play much in 2013 because he had to go in before the first test because he got injured. You think about why would I take why would I take Rob Evans because he carries very well. Yeah, he's, he's a noticeably good carrier. Okay, and his scrummaging's Definitely. all right, even in the 98th minute against a gigantic Frenchman. Yes. and so there's that. Marler I'd be taking because he does work very hard outside the scrum. It's something he doesn't get a lot of credit for, yeah. actually. He works very hard outside the scrum. But having said all that, you see, Geth does all of those things. Exactly. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. Geth and Jenkins carries. Geth and Jenkins behaves like a third open side flanker on the field. And it's, he's, you know, his handling is great. When you've got Maker Vunipola already to give the Bosch and the carrying up front, and McGrath's not a bad carrier either. Well, he's not going to start a test, is he, Jenkins? Let's say that. So is he no, worth oh taking God, on tour? No. I think he is probably worth taking on tour. Is when it? you think of someone to play those midweek games and to not be... Because the, the, the trap that the Lions should not fall into for the games against the Maori and against the Super Rugby teams is to basically try and scrummage them off the park and try and be over-physical because they're going to get dicked. The only way to try and compete with the Super Rugby teams is to to play rugby. And Gethin Jenkins is a prop that will get you playing rugby. Okay. So what are we, <laughs> so, so are, are, we say, are we saying then? Let's fuck it. Let's be mad. Are we saying we're taking yeah. Mako, McGrath, and Gethin and Geth, and Geth fuck it? There you go. The bloodandmud.com loose end selection. I've, fuck <laughs> it. In for a penny, in for a pound. I'm with you. Let's go. There you go. Yes. Tight head. Uh, easy. It's too easy. Yeah, Ty, uh, Ty Dan, Furlong. Dan Cole. Okay, then, then it got hard. <laughs> no, you see, I, 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 had, I had Nell in before Cole. Nell's, I don't think Nell's going to be fit, is he? That's, I, thought, I thought he is going to be fit. If he's fit, if he's fit, Nell absolutely. goes, it's Ty Furlong and it's Nell. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I did a little bit, I couldn't see what they, they, they're still very indeterminate about his neck injury. If he's fit, he should go. Um, if he's not Furlong fit, if Furlong he's not, and then it gets hard. Furlong and Thomas Francis. That's a joke, by the way. <laughs> so tie Furlong, Nell if he's fit. Then you you are then into Samson Lee, Dan Cole. Yeah. Yeah. I would probably Xander Fagerson. 
No, oh, I thought he was a bit shit in the Six Nations, to be honest. Well, he's not going on the tour anyway. But no. just, I'm just trying to rule out the John, people. I mean, you could even have like a bolter like John Ryan or something like that from Munster, who's played very well, mm. or Sinclair maybe. Sinclair possibly again. Again, depends I'd what you want, doesn't it? Trust, you wouldn't trust him in a Test match, would you? I think he wouldn't last ten minutes. You just wanted to yeah, smash maybe. the ball up a bit. But yeah, it's 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 not a great after furlong. It's a little bit indifferent in the tight end stakes, isn't it? Yeah, I mean they're all okay. They're all. I, they're I, all I, don't, th- I don't think I Samson mean, Lee would be bad. You know, he he held up all right yeah. against New Zealand last summer. Yeah, at the end of the day, New Zealand, New Zealand are not going to try and scrummage us off the park, are they? No, they're not a brilliant scrummaging team. They're solid. They're always. Well, you see solid. the other argument. You see, is with that the counterpoint to that is, and that's because this is one of the lines arguably strengths. Yes. So actually, should you just take people who can monster people? Maybe. And that, I, I, why see that, I, see, I can see that point of view, but is it going to be enough to try and monster people? Well, the ball won't the spend scrum? enough time in the scrum against New Zealand no. for, to go for that. No. I think that would be naive, and I don't think Gatlin's <laughs> that stupid. When he likes to monster people on? on the wing. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, that's tight heads and loose heads. So what have we got there? Let's do Marla Mako, Gethin Jenkins, Ty Furlong... Dan Cole, because playing a percentage, he's probably going to be fittest. After that, Nell, if he's fit, if not, or what? Samson Lee, Samson Lee yeah. I suppose, yeah. Yeah. Hooker. Hooker. Uh, I picked three hookers. So did you I. Picked... Cool. Um, Ken Owens. Yep. Uh, Jamie George. Yep. And for experience slash leadership slash offering something a little bit different, I went Rory Best. They were my three as well. No Dylan yeah. Hartley entering this conversation at all. No, I just don't. I, it might, people might think we're trying to be intentionally controversial, but I genuinely don't think he deserves it. I genu, I just don't see, like, at least with Jamie George, you know that if he comes off the bench, you're going to get 20 minutes of smashing yeah. the shit out of everyone, carrying hard, while also being fundamentally very sound in the set piece. Yes, and, Owen, and, I, and Owens is probably... Well, I'm going to come on to test, but I want to start for me anyway. So Yeah, same. And then Best, again, he's another captaincy candidate for the midweek team and a, a solid player to have in reserve. And he, when he, and he's very good out wide in the loose. If you wanted to have the ultimate razzle-dazzle <laughs> front row, you'd surely pick Rory Best, Gethin Jenkins, and, Furlong. I don't know, <laughs> Dan Cole, I guess. Cause he likes or Furlong for the carrying. Yeah, yeah. Well, Furlong, obviously, but he's going to start a test, isn't he? Oh, sorry, midweek, you, you mean, yeah. Sorry, if you yeah. want a midweek razzle-dazzle team, Rory Best and Gethin Jenkins both think that they're flankers, so why not? <laughs> yeah, so there you go. That was fairly straightforward, I think. I suppose yes. we could discuss more why we're not picking Hartley, but it's mainly because he's not the best hooker in England. He's just he's just hamstrung by having the captaincy and has to yeah. be selected. Um, now, this is the locks in the back row. This this is where oh, it becomes God. an absolute fucking waking nightmare. Basically, trying to decide yeah. who's going. Good luck. Well, I would. This is I, I envy a lot of Warren Gatlin's job. This is not one part that I I'm going would enjoy being him. Let's just list it's... for a minute the people who you can <laughs> actually choose from, just yeah. for locks. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Itoji. Yeah. Cruis. Yeah. Laws. Launchbury. Yeah. Alan yep. Wynne Jones, yep. Johnny Gray, Ian yep. Henderson, yep. Donna Kebab Ryan, yep. and even Devin Tone has been playing very well. Devin Tone, Luke Charteris, don't forget. 
Yeah, he's not going. Johnny so, Gray, uh, Richie Gray as well. Yeah, you could pick him, but he's not going. So no, probably not. But I mean, because especially not because I'm saying they're terrible players. Just when you look at that massive stack of gigantic yeah. men in the traffic jam in but front they of them, they are. They that is. I would say that any one of those players could do a job on the Lions tour, and if somebody went down injured, I would not be terribly upset. And then, and then it gets even more complex in the kind of how would you want to do the balance of this? Because Itoji oh. and Henderson could both cover back row. Mm-hmm. And how do you select from there? It's an absolute nightmare. There are so many good back rows that I kind of aired on the, you know what, fuck all this bollocks about <laughs> Henderson or Itoji playing in the back row. Let's pick the locks for being locks. Yes, and I think you've got to go with that. And even with that, I'm still taking Itoji as a lock. Same, likewise. I, I'm taking and, Alan Wynne-Jones as a lock. Same. I'm taking Joe Launchbury. I'm taking Joe Launchbury. I'm taking... Now, you see, the problem is, George, people forget because he's been injured how good George Cruz was. I. You can't I'm, take Itoji, Launchbury, Laws and Cruz on, plus Alan Wynne-Jones, no, can you? No. Surely you well, can't. Well, you could. Well, you could, but... but... I, I went for Launchbury, Itoji... Laws, Alan Wynne Jones, and Johnny Gray. Is that five? Yeah. Alan Wynne Jones and Johnny Gray. Purely because I just Cruis has been injured for a lot of this season, and as I'm sure he will get back to form, but Test rugby is a different kettle of fish than playing for Sarri. But he could be coming off back of playing a European semi-final and a European final. Absolutely, absolutely. He, he almost certainly will be. Be <laughs> around the bush, but I just think you go with the hot hand as far as Test rugby goes, and I think that as unfortunate a timing as it is for him, because he's at an age where he might not get another tour, you've got to look at some like the way that Launchbury, Atoje, and Laws played in the Six Nations is very hard to ignore, and in the autumn as well. Let's not be, let's not forget that. I really want Ian Henderson to go. I know, me It'll too. It'll be a completely indulgent pick, probably. <laughs> yeah, because he's a fellow Bruce Springsteen obsessive. But no, <laughs> no, genuinely. I did, well, actually, I think... I think he's a great player, and I think that he... It would be really nice... It would be a, a really nice addition to the squad because of what he brings in terms of his athleticism. As, especially those midweek games against frightening super rugby teams. <laughs> I think he, you know, yes. that kind of mobility is what you would want. Even though he looks like the most immobile person you've ever seen, he looks kind of pasty, like he's never been out of his bedroom. But he's a, he's <laughs> he's deceptively incredibly athletic. Yes, I know what you mean. But for me, it's just like he wasn't the first choice for Ireland throughout the Six Nations. That's the other thing, isn't it? Yeah, you can't. That would be of... ridiculous, really. And so, yeah, I kind of veered away. But yeah, who would you? You know, that midweek team's locks could conceivably because I'd probably start Itodje and Launchbury if I'm brutally honest with you. As great as Alan Wynne Jones is, I don't. I think he's injured at the moment. Mm. He's. I'd be inclined a bench, fair enough, but him and maybe I him just, and Courtney I, Laws. As I know this, is, this is our pick, isn't it? I cannot yeah. see Warren Gatlin starting a Lions test without Wynne, Alan Wynne Jones in it. I just can't see it. Yeah, I know what you mean, but at the same time, he's got to look at Launchbury and Atodje and think, you know, maybe because. If he picks Alan Wynne Jones, he's got to basically pick Launchbury and leave Itoje on the bench, really, because for balance and ballast. Mm. Yeah. But uh, it's a 
It's a yeah. fucking tough call. It's not in terms really... of in terms of who I'm taking. I mean, realistically, you could leave Johnny Gray out of this. You could. I mean, he did get. Fucking... It wouldn't be very politic, but it. That, you could. I, I kind of felt like when I picked Johnny Gray, there was a little bit of in my head that was like, "Fuck, there's no Scots in this pack. I've got to pick at least one." And, and certain parts of his game are lions level or if you like defensively you know. he is absolutely superb and he carries very well and he's a rock solid lineup forward but i think he's gonna you know how richie went in 2013 and didn't play a fucking minute mm. i kind of feel it's gonna be like that for him if he goes yeah anyway i'm looking at itoji alan win jones I really want Henderson to go, but I don't think I can bring myself to to, to do it. <laughs> it's OG Alan Wynn Jones. I mean, really on form and on performance, um, Donica Ryan should go. Yeah, really. And yet I can't. I just I I look at him and I think he's been fucking great for Ireland and great for Munster, but I look at I just don't see Lyon. So you're looking at five second rows. It's OG Alan Wynn Jones, Launchbury, Laws. Yeah. Johnny and I've Gray. Gone Johnny Gray, yeah. But it's you a could choice slot... between Johnny Gray and Cruis and Hendo, isn't it? Really? Yeah, and, uh... you could chuck in three or four players into that. You know, you could chuck Devin Toner in there because let's not beat around the bush. Devin Toner is... I'm not sure what's happened to him over the last 12 months, but he is a player transformed. It's voodoo. And That's it's the conclusion weird. I've come to. But just because he looks hilarious and ridiculous... Because it looks like a mean... papier-mâché straw man. <laughs> Yes, but, you know, he has been one of the finest locks in the world over the last 12 months, and if he was picked instead of Johnny Gray, I wouldn't last really Last six months, either. but yes, I'm with you. Yeah. Well, I don't know, when he was in Ireland, when he, Ireland and South Africa... Yeah, true, if you say, yeah, I suppose we are nearly the beginning of the summer again. That was when he first now. started looking competent, and we were shocked. That's true. Yeah. But anyway, oh, yeah. anyway, it's just too what difficult. What a horrendous, horrendous decision that's going to be for Gatland. Yeah. Right, so that's five locks. How many yeah. back rows are we taking? Because we're up to three, three, thinking, 14. We've got 14 players six. so far. I took six back rows. I think I'm looking at six. But with, because, and again, difficulty. Yeah. It is by far the biggest strength that the Lions have, I think. Let's talk about shit. who's definitely going. Okay. CJ Sam- Standard's definitely going. Sam Warburton's definitely Stan going. Sam Warburton's definitely going. Billy Vinopola's definitely going. Definitely going. Talibé Falatau is definitely going. Falatau's going. How the fucking hell do you fit all this in? Do you know what? Yeah. I've written I've written down seven names in. I forgot to put Falatau in. That's how much my head had gone by the time I started filling this in. <laughs> so Falatau's definitely going. Let me just put that in there. Yeah, I mean, Jesus Christ, did you see him on the weekend? Oh, well, it's it would just, be genuine. It would be genuinely... An act of criminal vandalism to not take him. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if 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 Gatlin went full on psychopathic Gatlin ball psychoness? He could pick a back <laughs> row of of Stander, Falatau, and Billy Vodopola. Yeah, or he could pick a back row of Stander, Billy Vodopola, and Ross Moriarty. <laughs> just there's your bolter right there. Destroy everything. <laughs> Scorched earth. Rugby. Who needs balance when you're killing everything in front of you? Mick, put, you get Courtney Laws and the Todge in the second row, <laughs> and just lay waste to them. 
this, what's that, what's that man on fire line? Yeah. This bat rose art is death, and it's about <laughs> to paint its masterpiece. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I, I, I upset. I read. I was upset with myself that I couldn't bring myself to pick Ross Moriarty no, because it's not possible. It's ju- it just isn't possible. I'm um, tra- I, I'm trying to do this by shirt number, right? Yeah, that's how I've tried to do it. Six. Yeah. What? These are the options, right? As far as I can see, it's six. Warburton. Yep. Peter O'Mahony. Yep. Rob Shaw. And Stander. I've got Stander as an eight. I can do either, though. No, this is just the way I've written it down. I, I agree yeah, with okay. you. I'm okay, just okay, saying. Yeah. Options at seven. Mm-hmm. James Haskell. <laughs> I can't even remember how to say it. Because <laughs> it's Start not even an option. Please, t- please tell me. Please... <laughs> Please tell me it's not possible. I'm trying to get people. I'm trying to stop people. I am actually stopping people in the street and say, "Excuse me, it's not possible." James Askell will go on the Lions tour, will it, dear? It's not possible, is it? And I've pe- got a horrifically bad feeling that he's going to because, because of that effort and tour morale thing. Gatland loves a fucking Troyer, and also and a gym monkey. Him. Yeah, and he knows him from oh, old the school wasp wasp thing as well. Oh, fuck off. I'm- so I've got a really bad feeling that he's going to take somebody who should actually be there's place. If that like happens, I have to seriously consider turning all of this in. <laughs> Do you remember when, like, when Kissinger won the Nobel Prize? It was the end of yes. satire. I think basically if, if, if Haskell goes on this tour, Alliance tour, I, 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 don't, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. I can guess what you're going to do with yourself. <laughs> it's going to be pretty... Um, but yeah, I reckon that it would be someone like Haskell will take the place of somebody like Peter Omani who should be on the tour. Yeah, but I'm picking my squad here, right? So damn straight, so damn straight. Well. So I would the sixes. I would take a Warburton and Omani probably. Yes, using your standard as an eight logic, Warburton and Omani for me as well. Then the sevens, I would take a Hamish Watson because I love him. I know you do. And I think New Zealand hasn't seen enough judo throwing handoffs. And it needs to see more. <laughs> Imagine him midweek, he'd be great. And um, Sean O'Brien is probably even though I don't like him much, but he's probably gonna go anywhere. I think he should go. Or Justin Tipperick. See, because I, I actually only I've picked Warburton as a seven, and I've picked Tipperick as a seven, because I think that the truth of the matter is and I sort of picked Omani as a seven as well, and because realistically, they can aside from Tipperick, who's basically an outer out seven. Warburton and Omani are both equally comfortable at six or seven, and it's just it gives you that ball playing option all across okay. the back row, and then you pair that with either a, a Vunapola or a Stander or so Warburton at seven, Stander at six. And then Bunapola at eight. It's not bad, is it? Bosh. (laughs) So actually revising it then. Or or you go Stander at six, Falatau at eight, Warburton at seven. Which sort of is more balanced in a way because then you've got the carrier, you've got the grafter, and Mm. you've got the wizard. So then revising what, taking above what you just said then, revising it slightly, you're looking at, 
Six would be Stander and Omani. Yes. Seven would be Warburton and Watson stroke Tipperick. Yeah. Eight Eight. would be... Billy and Toby. Billy and Taulupe. Taulupe, sorry, yes. Yeah, which means Robshaw doesn't go again. (laughs) Which is sad for him because he's a fucking great player. For there's an awful lot of fucking great back row players that aren't going on this tour. Is Justin Tipperick a better option than Chris Robshaw? Yes. Well, equivocal as that, is it? Well, when you ask who is against... Well, Robshaw can cover both. True. Robshaw's probably a more inspirational figure in terms of leadership and work. But Tipperick is much more likely to win you a game of rugby, particularly against New Zealand. Is he? What What evidence do you have of that from anything? Because he is the most genuinely talented back row forward that the Northern Hemisphere has by a country mile. Yeah, but only in things that are no good for a back row forward, like running and passing. Yeah, which is exactly what you <laughs> I'm need. Being slightly for fac- I, I am being slightly are, facetious, but you know what I mean. I don't, but that's the thing. People say that he's not good at the other stuff, but the man didn't miss a fucking tackle for Wales in a year. True. Is he strong and enough over the ball, though? That's what Warburton's there for. I didn't, and they were the pair of them worked incredibly Sound well. Like Don together. Draper, and that's what the money is for. Yeah, a, <laughs> but um, yeah, okay, all right. I just feel really sorry for Chris Robshaw. Nobody deserves a line to more than that. It's really sad. I felt he's such a nice man, and he's such a good player. But I just and don't he's had think a great he's year. He's had a really good year. Really good year. And the, th- the thing is, though, you couldn't swap him in for Omani because Omani just brings this absolutely irreplaceable kind of brilliant shithousery to every t- yeah. every time he goes and, on the field. And I don't and mean that as a criticism. It's just, he just has not. this kind of complete X factor about his when he's on the field. And yeah, and he will bring that. I'd like to see him off the bench in a way because he could just come on and just be a right dickhead. Yes, <laughs> yeah, he could which, and which wind would... the fuck up out of everything. Yeah, yeah, he could go at Kino with that like <laughs> that face and that voice he does. Yeah, non-stop. He could just come on and just just ruin line out. <laughs> just ruin just and just constantly never yeah. stop fucking talking to Jerome Kino. <laughs> It'd be great, wouldn't it? Um, right. So, where does that leave us then? So, we're taking a back row of Stander, Peter O'Mahony. Yep. Warburton. Yep. Tipperick. Yes. Or Hamish Watson. Or Hamish Watson. I'll, I'll, I'll allow you a potential Billy, Hamish Watson dream. It's not going to happen. Billy but... and Falatow. Yeah. Six, six back rowers. Not bad, is it? It's still not bad, is it? It's fucking again. Robshaw needs to go on holiday to Bay of Plenty or something. No, he he absolutely should be. Him and uh, Ross Moriarty should both be heading somewhere vaguely New Zealandish on holiday if they've got any sense. Right, that's the forwards. Before we do the backs. Let's have a chat with Ben Utley. If I learned one thing in the last year, it's that falling into debt can happen to anyone. Luckily, I heard about the ISI, the Insolvency Service of Ireland. Their professional advisors can help you restructure or even write off your debt. 
The first thing they said to me was, every debt problem has a solution. I can still feel the relief. So if you're worried, visit their website backontrack.ie or free text get help to 50015. The ISI. Together, we'll get you back on track. The one and only Sausage and Egg McMuffin from McDonald's. With a freshly cracked free-range egg, perfectly seasoned sausage and oozing cheese. Mm, that's unreal. What she said. McDonald's. Breakfast done properly. Hiya, Ben. Welcome to the Buttermud.com podcast. Um, Thank you very much. This is our Lions special. So, finally. Finally, yes. We've, we've resisted it for long enough. So yeah. we've got you on because it's a Lions special. So tell, tell the listeners why we might have had you on, what's your involvement at the British and Irish Lions and up to now and why you're here. Uh, well, for me, the, the British and Irish Lions go back a long way. My father played in the 70s. Um, and was assistant coach in the late 80s. And um, so for me, growing up, it was this kind of thing that just took, like, kept my dad away from me, really. But then you kind of understand why over the years. And um, as a kid growing up, you know, you watch the, uh, the the Living With Lions films. And then for me personally, I wasn't you know, good enough as a player. And then as a filmmaker, the opportunity, I don't know, I can't remember how it happened, but... So not unlike um, this pod, then you realise that you weren't ever going to be good enough. So I know I'll I'll talk about it or film it for a living. That's what I did. Yeah, yes. I'm kind <laughs> of in the same boat as you there. Do journalism around it, isn't that? <laughs> yeah. uh, well, you know, far too pretty to uh, put my uh, face on the line. So, um, no, I, I ended up. Um, I think I was just trying to get on the tour, really. Somehow, or to you know, come watch a tour, and I, I managed to. Uh, get involved with the 2009 tour and then, uh, as a filmmaker, and then um, and then again in 2013, um, and then uh, again it looks like we're going to be involved um, uh, coming up to 2017. So this would be my third uh, tour as a filmmaker. So you were there in '09 in South Africa. Yeah. What was your role? What was your role in that one? Uh, I was um, one of the filmmakers. There were two of us. So there was Dominic Sharman, who was the director, and then I was there basically uh, as, a, as the other the other camera guy, basically. And um, and yeah, just there. But then, to, but then you direct. Up. Were you the director in 2013? Is that right? 2013. Yeah, 2013. I was the director and the producer, and um, and again working with Dom, um, uh, who I worked with in 2009. And then, uh, yeah. So. so, given obviously you mentioned living with lines there, nineteen ninety seven, and stuff like that. Um, mm. Did you feel? Did you feel it's a kind of great weight or responsibility sort of thing to to, to do these films? Uh, how do you approach it? Is it do you, do you look back and think, oh well, I have to beat that, or I'll learn from that, or? Um, that's a good question. I I think for me, you know, you want to do it justice because it's the lions, and for me, the lions is probably the the coolest thing in sport there's nothing quite like it i don't think anywhere um you know once every 12 years going to new zealand or australia or south africa and they're only touring once every four and you know they're coming together a great rival so for me it's more trying to do that justice and making sure that we we uphold that but you know obviously living with lions was a seminal sports documentary and but it was a different time, and you can't really try and compare them. All you can really try and do is is make the best film that you can with the 
um, with the the material. I guess the the yeah. the, um, the 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 guys in front of you, and you know, you're trying to record their story and chat it in an interesting way. And you know, I think we tried to approach it slightly differently to how it'd been done before, and we tried to, you know. Um, yeah, just try and make a film that we would want to watch at the end of it, really. And you hope that people like that because you you do get emotionally um, ingrained in the tour. You know, if the players lose, you feel it too. Mm. And you, you very much feel like a part of the team, even though, you know, we're not, obviously. But it, it's, um, you know, you do feel it. And um, you just hope that at the end of the day that people watching the film, you know, you, hopefully you can inspire a few people like so many were inspired back in, 97 from just watching the team really thinking of 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 97 and sort of you said that it, it was kind of a different time it, it do you think that in many ways your job is is a bit harder now than it would have been back then because all the players are so sort of exhaustively media trained and and they're so much more aware of what they're saying and and stuff and more probably more guarded does does that kind of make your job a little bit harder um i just say it's different the whole world is different i think you know, for me, just the difference in even in the three, you know, the the um, few tours I've been involved with, um, there's just a massive difference in demands with the internet and uh, yeah. the speed of everything. So in 2009, I think you know we made one digital video a week, and now we'll be looking at at least one a day of the whole tour, plus making a film out of it. So, and it's the same size crew, so it's it, so it's still just it's still just two of you. Um, well, now we've actually got uh, the the on t- in 2013 there was two two of us filming and then a, and then an editor mm. travelling with us. Christ. So I slightly lied. There were two of us in 2009. There were three of us in 2013. So there's um, Andy Bedwell, our editor. Um, uh, so yeah, it's it's pretty good crack actually. So you, you get to um, you know experience it all. But I think the, the demand on the players is, is you know obviously pretty high these days and, and and back then i'm slightly envious that 97 you know no one really was expecting it to you know no one knew how big that film would become mm. and how influential it would become um they were just having the crack on tour and you know, <laughs> the, you know and also they were coming out of you know it was the first professional tour last you know the, the end of the amateur era from rugby so you had all these interesting characters from different backgrounds with lots of different you know uh, vocations, which made it all, you know, had a pretty colourful, interesting mm. was, mix. Was, I, yeah. I was talking, we were, I was chatting before with Josh before, before we started talking to you, and I was saying about the 97 documentary, there's a brilliant sort of ramshackle feeling about it, like it's been done in a bit of, well, let's do this, it'll be fun. And one of the, one of the I remember watching the first video of it, and even the graphics which announced the games, Lions had an apostrophe in it. That's how, that's how sort of ramshackle the original production was because they obviously just thought, let's just get this out and see how it goes. And it was, I mean, it was as you said, it was incredible. But I think that's inc- like like you just said, is a huge part of its charm, isn't it? And I suppose it's difficult now when everyone's used to digital media to 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 try and find that charm again in in these things. Yeah, I think you know a lot is down to you know the schedule <clears throat> was a bit more relaxed, had a bit more time mm. together. I think back back in '97, you had. Um, they weren't really expecting it, and and also, you know, the charm that was there. I think it still it still exists. It's just, you know, whether an audience. You know, I look back at that film now, and if you watch it, you, you know, as brilliant as it was at the time, mm. 
you've got to be a bit of a hardcore <laughs> rugby fan. I mean, you, you yeah, yeah that's Sat down and said, uh, oh, let's have four and a half hours of, of rugby training. I think you'd be hard pushed. Whereas we, we, you know, in 2013, we tried to squeeze, you know, try and tell the story in a, in a way that, you know, you don't, would try and maybe be a bit more inclusive than just for rugby fans. Mm. And obviously 97 did actually end up reaching beyond that. But I think in a, with a modern audience, you can't, you can't have a film that's, you know, nearly four and a bit hours long or whatever. You know? So, 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 you know, you, you know, you're going on tour this time and I'm, I'm sure there's not much you can give away about that at this stage, but in terms of looking back at 13 and 09, when does prep start for you as the director, as a filmmaker? And what does prep actually look like? Uh, I always try to avoid any work at all costs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'll probably leave it to the last minute. No, I've, it's something that I've been thinking about pretty much since the end of the last tour. And it's something that just ticks away slowly in the back of your mind. And then there's certain bits that you can put in place, you know, like any, like any organization these days, you know, and <clears throat> the Lions is a massive organizational feat really you 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 got a huge number of you know the, the equipment that we need to take is is growing <clears throat> we have to fit in with you know what we're you know the space that's around there's not a lot of space on tour you know that's left after you know got scrummage machines and uh all the medics equipments etc so it's a huge kind of kind of behemoth you know organizational feat and we have to kind of fit within that so Really, we try and keep as small a footprint as possible. As, but, you know, the planning, you know, I, I guess I've been thinking about this for, you know, four years, really. Mm. Uh, and, then, and then the planning, from our point of view, starts a bit more in earnest a couple of years out. And then, and then again, we're, we're not that far away now. And we're well into our plans and thoughts and, you know, thinking of all the, the kind of content that we need to create and, and thinking about our approach to how we think the film might look really but you know we've got you know we've got to work out what kind of lenses what cameras what sound kit you know these days you know do we take a drone but again that's more space you know and 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 more potential to you have to, to pay uh, 60 quid for an extra carry-on if you're going to take a drone is that is that what the problem is <laughs> yeah. uh, i think uh i'm not sure hopefully we'll get away with that but um yeah no, it's uh no, it's, it's it's all good good challenges to have really you know how because basically our job is to not get in the way and we're there to document the story. Um, and, you know, that's our job is, is, is basically just to, to let the guys get on with the tour and for us to kind of capture that in as honest a way as possible. Um, you know, whilst, whilst also trying not to, to add to their pressure or make them feel like there's no place, it's not Big Brother, we're not, we're not there to... Yeah, I mean, how hard is that for them to... Does it take... Is there always like a... Like you've done it before, so is there always a kind of... For the first seventy-two hours, they keep glancing at you, and then after that, they forget. Or is 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 it as simple as that? Or is it different people are different? Or uh, well, it's just it's um, it's a, I don't know. It's a bit like being back at school, like, I guess. Like <laughs> you're trying to you're, you're a bit nervous the first few days. You're trying to fit in. Um, you know, we're we're trying to you know we aren't the coolest cats in town because <laughs> 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 yeah, you know, you got the you got all the players all very excited to see each other and, you know, having played against each other and all looking forward to playing with each other. And we're kind of the black sheep in the corner that no one is, um, no. Did they, not uh, ask, did they not ask you about your dad? Did they not say, tell us a story about Roger? 
Uh, is that you? Or do you try and avoid that? Uh, no, it's it's, it's um, you know I'm very proud of my father. I'd yeah, probably, of course. Yeah, I probably talk about it quite a lot. God's sake, he's just you know hanging on to his dad's <laughs> coattails. But um, no, it's you know I am very proud of my father, and you know I think a lot of those values are instilled in me, and I think you know we're just we're just there really, and it all the players are very different, and as you can imagine, lots of different characters. Some of them are quite, you know, keen to be on front of camera, and some, mm. you know, you got to tread carefully when you when you're near. Um, um, and as the pressure mounts, you just learn, you know, when to kind of back off a little bit. And you know, it's our job to kind of recognise when we can get a bit closer. And uh, I guess a bit like Attenborough feels, you know, if he's just you know, <laughs> trying to film a, film, a, film a bunch of wildlife, you, you kind of you got to try and understand the environment you're in. And, you know, that, uh, and like I said, you emotionally get, you know, you, you're emotionally invested in the tour. And as much as, you know, we're at the end of the day, I'm a massive British and Irish Lions fan. I'm massively protective of that jersey. I know what's gone into it from, you know, the players all make sacrifices to get where they are. And I understand that. And all the, you know, all of my friends are immensely, you know, interested in what's going on and, you know, you know, Albeit in reflected glory, they're very you know mm. proud of me for being there as well, and it's uh, it's an amazing thing to be involved with, and I think you know it's just very it's very interesting to see the different types of characters, and you go with an expectation of how you think some people might be, and it's always fascinating to see those all blown out of the park really in the first couple of weeks. So someone you think on you know you've only seen play on TV, and you have an opinion of, and you go, oh, he's you know thinks a bit too much of himself, and then you meet him, and he couldn't be nicer, and you just go away feeling incredibly guilty <laughs> would it be cruel to ask who that is can you give us an example <laughs> no, no, I'm not, I'm, uh, but I've, I've, I've been immensely impressed by a lot of um, players and uh, on the on the tours and and actually how you know it's quite interesting to see the different cultures really and you know i you know you hear about different cliques forming on certain tours but i've not really you know it's been brilliant i've been quite lucky in the two tours that i've been lucky to witness really and um you know on either of those tours you walked into the room and you wouldn't uh, i think one of the, the players said it i think um but you wouldn't look around to see who you're going to sit down to next to you just grab your plate of food and sit down and it was it was great it doesn't you know there's a great bunch there's a great team i think you know what's been interesting is that since 2009 um you know, there was a whole bunch of people who were on 2009 who were 2013. There's a, there's a, a lot of people going to on 2017 who were there on either one or both of those tours as well, mm. plus a mix of a few fresh people. So it feels like there's a real kind of unity already, I think, uh, in that sense. Got questions, so, Josh? Uh, well, I was just going to... You're saying about people who are going in 2017. Do you, te- like, have any insights? Do you basically know... Because presumably you've got to do like pre-roll with some of these guys and stuff before the squad is announced and all that sort of thing, and you've got to be there. So, are you sort of privy to things like squad makeup and all that stuff already, or are you, I'm, yeah, I know, I'm, I'm I know not expected full, to be told. But... No, I know the full team. I've got it right oh, here. Brilliant. I brilliant. I'd... <laughs> yeah, if you could just wrap it off, that'd be lovely. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, um, no, we, um, you know, like I say, we we'll probably get involved. I'll, I'll, I may know a few hours ahead, but that will be about yeah. it. Okay. It's all kept tightly under wraps, and um, 
we I'll know a lot of the what I'm talking about is the backroom teams, of course, yeah, right. those yeah. guys that have been announced. But you've got you know Rob Howley, you know Graham Rowntree, Andy Farrell instantly, um, you know mega kind of lions really, um, yeah. in a, 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 and great players and inspirational people. And then you've got you know Steve Borthy, who, who I don't you know know very well at the moment. Um, uh, but you know, so you, that's what I'm talking about. Is you've got a, a group of people who all know each other very well, but you've also got that's some yeah. fresh uh, insight and impetus that's going to be it's really exciting for me because I want nothing more than to go and win down in New Zealand, and I totally and utterly, utterly believe we can, and the team can, and um, you know, I think anyone that doesn't believe that shouldn't be getting on the plane, really. Yeah, we were chatting just before we came on air, sort of we're doing our line squads. Um, you know, in, around this this pod, and um, we were so, there's so many talented players that are going to be, you know, left behind. Really, really fucking great players that are not going to make the tour. And you know, in terms of talent, it's a it's going to be a massively talented squad. But I guess it's it's a big ask. But we'll see. Yeah, well, it's you know, it's the, that's part of the challenge is if you can, yeah. you know, you do that. But you know, 71, they were, I don't think they were given much chance back then. Yeah. And um, 97, I think we were probably the underdogs. And it, you just go, if, if we can get the balance right and if we can get the blend of players, you know, the, there's every chance. And I think... Like you said, you know, the, the chances are there is going to be a lot of players that were involved in 2013 who were involved in this time. And that is more familiarity than, you know, your average Lions tour would get that they've played under this coach and they've played in this system and with these some of these players before i guess but yeah, yeah. i mean that's the way i see it i see it is that you know you know it's it's harder and harder for the for the lions and i think it's really important that fans are very vocal about their support for the lions um to to help keep it growing and yeah and keep it sustained because it's you know increasingly difficult and when you look at the schedule without a huge amount of time as a, as a full group together What's going to make a huge difference is actually it might not be that big of a difference because a lot of them will have already played together on a previous tour, mm. you know, or a play. You know, that's why I think, you know, it's, it's fantastic that Ireland, um, you know, beat, beat New Zealand. So they'll have a, you know, mm. they know that it can be done and have that belief. You've got, you know, England firing pretty well. You've got, you know, Scotland just, you know, really really exciting backs and you know some key forwards and you know whales are just you know <laughs> yes whales are just <laughs> leave it at ah, that well, yeah <laughs> um but you know you've got some huge amounts of experience in in the welsh lineup and some brilliant players as well so and i think you kind of go there's not really any position that you kind of go could really nail down for any particular position you just go well okay if 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 any injuries are picked up, you just go well. The next guy on the list is looking pretty dangerous too. So, Pre- previously uh, coming yeah. on, previously coming on, we would we would doing the forwards, and it's ridiculous how much second row and back row in particular. There's going to be some seriously seriously good players left at home. Seriously good yeah. players. Exactly, but you know that's the thing is that there'll be some disappointment for some people who who might not get selected in the first instance, but. You know, guarantee there's going to, you know, every, I think virtually every tour you could think of, there's been someone who's come out yeah. um, or not been the front runner at the start who's become a star on Alliance. I tour. think it'll be and, amazing how many professional rugby players from the British and Irish 
area will find them will be on holiday somewhere in Australia <laughs> round yeah. about round about that time I think yeah. so bring you back to the chuck a pair of boots in their case just on the off yeah. chance you know yeah you're a big strapping lad Ben you must be all right yeah, well, I'm, I, it's amazing how many dreams you have of uh, I've had a few dreams whilst on tour that you suddenly kind of get the call up the next day and <laughs> you, you kind of go oh, I've got my boots and then and then you just go, oh, you know, so and so is injured, and we couldn't get anyone else. And then you, you then, you know, you feel you, you have the dream, where you go out and score the winning try, and then you wake up. Do they? Um, did they let? Speaking of stuff like that, did did they let you have a bit of a run around with? If they play touch or something, did they, did they let you join in, or are you completely out of all that? Uh, what if the lads are? Well, during training, obviously. They're, yeah, they're but if they're just having a bit of a chuck about before the business starts, you get to join in a bit. Yeah, or? sometimes. Yeah, we just, you know, and quite often we try and help, so we're we're there for a long. We're, you know, we're there the whole time, and you know, at the end of the day, you know, our team are always trying to help in any way we can, and if that means turning the cameras off for a bit, um, mm. because we feel that you know it's starting to have an adverse effect on the the feel in the squad, we'll just turn the cameras off for a bit, you know, and run bottles of water on and off the pitch, and you know, all right, okay, that, yeah. So we, you know, for for instance, in Hong Kong, uh, twenty thirteen, it was. It was it was quite well, warm, wasn't it? It was mild, mild, mildly above, um, you know, spring summer's day in, uh, in London. So I just remember seeing Adam Jones with both his arms up by that gigantic fan. It was one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so then I think there was there was a good kind of session. I think we just didn't film at all. I think we just put the cameras down and just ran, you know, cold ice bucket towels, <laughs> water out for the guys, you know, because it was uh, it was pretty warm and. Uh, I think it was 31 degrees in the shade. Um, so, you yeah, mentioned so. before about how um, some people surprise you and stuff on tour. Are there some people that you, players, that pretty quickly you sort of say to your, to your, op, to your partner, you know, just keep the camera on him because he's going to be gold on this tour. Like, for example, did you rub your hands together when Andy Powell came in 2009? <laughs> did you go, you know what, just keep, keep the camera on him because this is going to be brilliant. <laughs> Because you kind of, um, it, it's a funny one because if Pally doesn't really seek out the camera, he was just, you know, <laughs> he was just very honest. <laughs> yeah. He just kind of, you, you knew another opportunity would come up. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he was a great, he was a great character on tour, a great player. And he, you know, wasn't just his antics off the pitch, but, you know, I remember, I think it was against the Western Force and, you know, Saka, very physical side, and he just absolutely smashed someone in a game when it was quite tight at the time. And it just really lifted the guys on the pitch as well. So he was this brilliant character in 2009 that was just really, really needed. And, you know, it was, um, I, I always felt that 2009 was a bit like the reverse of 97, I think, where, you know, 97, you know, our boys, you know, kind of really dug deep and kind of, it, it, but you know, on paper, you'd probably say that South Africa were, mm. you know, probably the better team. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it yeah. was just heart and passion. And in 2009, just I, I was just the one. It was the one that got away, and it, you know, it keeps me up nights. That, <laughs> three that of the kid. three of the best Test matches you will ever see, though. Yeah. That 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 tour was absolutely incredible. Yeah, and, yeah, and I, I've never seen a more physical game of rugby than the second test. The second test oh. in particular, and, yeah. Yeah, just um, I've never seen anything like it, and it was just. Just incredible to be I, there. I really. try to think yeah. sometimes. Can you think of any other game where the entire front row on both centres all got injured? 
and you had to somehow plug that gap. It just doesn't happen. It just does not happen. No, I, uh, well, fortunately for the for the players' sake, but it was just you know both sides wanted it so much, and you you kind of go that it was a shame really because that that team had a huge amount of heart, and I think were a brilliant squad. And I thought it was a great crack, and you had all these brilliant characters and a good mix, and it was a it was a fantastic tour and really good fun, and you just felt. But it you know as bad as it you know it's, it's really obviously. It's never as bad as for us as it is for the players, but we had to sit with that in the edit and you yeah, go, relive and every it every day. You, go, <laughs> you just you just wish you had the power to change the, the edit. <laughs> God, <laughs> yeah. So you, you know, and it's uh, you know, but you still, you know, I still think about that moment. I, I can remember exactly how it felt, and it, it's it's almost, you know, I played rugby and. You, you have those memories and it's just the same really you just feel invested in it and it's you know, you're emotionally of, you know tied to it really speaking of 09 one of my favorite ever moments in lions documentaries is that the the incredible bit when mcgeekin breaks down mm. um and is hugged by graham roundtree i mean you as a filmmaker can can you see kind of golden moments coming can you think oh and as you filmed it can you think oh this is going to be Incredible as a sporting documentary, or this is going to be, or are you still quite detached? It only comes together in the edit, or is it a mixture of both? Uh, no, so, something like that, you, you kind of realize at the time that there are some things, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a really odd thing, but you know, that again was another quite a big moment, and we're all desperately disappointed that the series had been lost at that stage. Mm-hmm. And what we've got. You know, we can hear sometimes slightly better than the human ear because we've got either a microphone or, you know, someone's on a radio mic. And, you know, there was this, you know, Geech is an incredibly passionate and uh, incredible man. And I've, I, we've had chats about that moment. And I actually have to give credit to Dom, who actually was the one that had the, uh, had the guts to stay in there because I got a desk there from Graham Rantry and I quickly hoofed it out of there. So you'll see, <laughs> you'll see me exit quite sharply uh, out of frame. But um, basically, he caught my eye. And at that point, you can't, I couldn't have stayed in once I'd had that desk there from Graham Roundtree and stayed and then not destroyed our trust in the squad. Hmm. But Dom hadn't made eye contact with him and just kept his head down. <laughs> <laughs> and basically just pretended he couldn't see and and, uh, and I'm glad because it's a it wonderful moment yeah, yeah yeah it's emotionally a really powerful moment that I don't you know is rare actually to see in any sport and I think and it's an honesty particularly in a sport like rugby yeah it's a really honest moment and I, and I think it I'm I'm glad that people get to see how much it means to the guys and and the coaches, and it and it means that to everyone, the medics, the you know everyone's away from their families for long periods of time, um, you know huge amounts of sacrifice have gone into that jersey, and none more so than you know the more tours you do, the more times you're sacrificing, your families are sacrificing, and so you know and it and at the time. Uh, back at that time, there, there were some people in the press saying that the Lions shouldn't even exist. So it was very much a case of win that game, all the Lions might not exist anymore. It was yeah, that. I forgot about that. That's true. Yeah, that's a very good point. Um, and you just go, which is crazy. And I remember, you know, 
uh, you know, and and that was a, it was just, um, you know, I couldn't believe that people would even consider that really because it's it's really special. And we have to protect it. And well, that, I remember I, think, I wrote a piece at the time around that because he was saying about how the, if they keep losing, then it then it will end. It's like, well, I think you're missing the point. If they keep getting, if it was like 2005 all the time, maybe, but they stay competitive, and you're also missing the point. You made the point in the beginning. It's a completely unique sporting concept and institution. You know, why would you ever give that up just because the results aren't going your way? I just, I, I never understood it at all. No, it's, uh, it's a, I don't understand that concept, and it's amazing how people, you know, quickly people were coming out of the woodwork to to kind of look at that really, and I think you know. The um, the Lions have done an incredible job, really. Of you know, they work incredibly hard to make sure the players are looked after. They, you know, the whole thing. You know, I think um, you know Gats or Geach or whoever. You know, Gats, you know, gets it, and he, you know, he's. That's why I think the guys will pay for him uh, is because he's emotionally invested too, and he does you know have their best interests at heart and he wants to win and that's what a lion needs to be then you want to play for each other post tour um when it comes to actually making the documentary how where do you start with whittling down what must be hundreds of hours worth of of footage and stuff do you do you kind of you must be making notes along the way i guess but how long does it sort of go from how long does it take you to actually put the whole thing together um, I think that's a good question. We basically, how we do it is, well, we have, we have over three or 400 hours of footage last tour. Uh, and basically, at the end of each day, we will bring our footage in, which these days is quite big files. So uh, we then log everything. We'll write notes uh, about that. And then, when, and then whilst I'm away, um, we begin the process of working out the story. Um, as it unfolds, because we, we have to kind of wait until the, the, the full story is unfolded to know exactly what that is. And then when we're back, we, you know, spend the first couple of weeks just bringing all the footage in, organizing it all. And then, and then it's however long we are given before we have to hand that in, which is, <laughs> right. uh, you know, and because obviously we need to then get, get that out. But, you know, this time I think there will be more, um, uh, immediate content available than has ever been. Right. Uh, I would imagine. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, just the way it all is, I think there's a, there's a huge appetite, but if, if fans want to continue seeing a film or, or some sort of format of that, then people need to be quite vocal about it because it's, it's not guaranteed. And it's, it's all about mm. what helps the lions, you know, grow. So, but yeah, there's a, there's a huge amount and it, it's quite hard work to, 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 to bash it all into shape. And at the end of the day, you know, you get some quite nasty comments sometimes from people and you, you kind of go, well, all right. But at the end of the day, you just try and make a film that you think is, 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 uh, you know, worthy of the Jersey and, and hopefully the fans enjoy really. And, uh, and hopefully, um, yeah, you know, that's what happened this time. So, yeah. Last one from me. How much, how many times when you sat in the editing room, do you go, yeah, we really can't put that in. <laughs> because it's a bit um, too X-rated, or actually, no, they won't like it if that goes in. Uh, not really that much, actually. Really? Um, there's a few bits that you just don't really want to see. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, um, so, no, you know, and and to be fair, 
you know, anything like, you know, you talk about 2009 and Ian McGeek and uh, his speech before the third test. Mm. You know, we we will, I will show them that clip and go, look, I want to put this in. Do you have any problems? But no one has ever asked us to take anything out. I think, um, you know, we've been given pretty much free reign, um, really. And I think I think people understand the need to, to have an honest account of the tour. Um, we try and we do cut down the amount of swearing. <laughs> Believe it or not. Uh, well, even in that 2009 speech by Gatlin when he said the word cunt about 57 <laughs> times while holding the shirt up. <laughs> yeah. um, well, it was about, you know, I think I think uh, before we edited it. <laughs> um, so you have to, you know, and it, because, you know, again, it, it's a difficult thing if, if people, you know, as a sports documentary, I don't think they're actually. I don't think there's a. I don't think they're actually rated. Um, okay. <laughs> <some people laughs> going. Little Johnny, my seven-year-old boy, watched this and uh, he's learnt a whole new vocabulary. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, it's it's a different thing on tour. I think it would be a bit weird. Like none of us, I don't think, would ever swear that much. But you know, yeah. well, it's a place of work. At the end of the day, isn't it? Yeah, it's it a is. high-pressure place um, of work. Yeah, and also high pressure and. You know the the pressure is pretty big, and it's a bit bit of a fishbowl, fishbowl, and um, you know you, you you you're in that group, and it, it can um, can <laughs> it can be quite funny on some of them. I think you know I'll probably I'll maybe I'll try and do a word count this time of how much we filter out. <laughs> <laughs> and there we are. Very nice man. Very nice man. Loves his lions, and loves his dad. Yeah, I like that. Loves his lions. Yeah. Loves his dad. He absolutely loves the Lions, doesn't he? It's you could just every bloody poor. Also, clearly loves Andy Powell, and who could blame him? And hey, and who really? Also, yeah, I mean, things. It must be difficult being embedded like that. But not difficult. Oh, you definitely. can understand how you would just live every minute of it. I can see why. Yeah, you would be and like how that. do you not sort of? Yeah, it must be very hard when it comes to the edit, like you were saying, to sort of actually put your, you know editor slash director hat on <laughs> watch it all over and over yeah, again over and over it's like when you have you seen that uh, the documentary of senna yes that that was so well made that even as they headed to that last race where he died you were still Just somehow saw. thinking it wouldn't happen they made it so as if something was going to be different it was incredible anyway uh, yes but yeah that was a uh, uh, really interesting i thought it was yes yeah. Yeah. We thought so. Let us know what you thought. Yeah. <laughs> you might no, come back and say, well, if I was interested at all. But yeah, we've gone full Lions. There's no turning yeah, back now. We've gone is, full there, there, we Lions. At peak Lions right now. I'm sat here with a stuffed toy under my arm. Granted, it's yes. a Billy Twelve Trees bleachy creature. It's not a. It's not an actual <laughs> lion, but yeah. He has got lion hair, though. He has so got lion hair. Plus, hey, to be honest, we're going into the backs now. Oh Jesus! Fuck. We you, you've had your Gethin Jenkins uh, selection. Let's let's go into the backs <laughs> and see what we yeah, can turn up have, here. Let's have another selection right out of 2013. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right anyway. then, probably the simplest selection in the entire bit, really. The halfbacks, really. I think. Uh, I certainly think the scrum halves are. I'm not so sure about the tens, depending on. But we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. Scrum half. It's Connor Murray. It's Reese Webb and some other fucker. Well, yeah, I went Ben Youngs, but honestly, roll the fucking dice. I'm not dice. taking fucking Whoever Ben you Youngs. He might, you see, if he depends when you catch Ben Youngs in the cycle. He could go on tour having just had his good game. 
which means he's got five terrible games on tour before he has yeah, another good game. I don't want him to be anywhere near a, even the fucking midweek team, if I'm brutally honest with you. You know, I want I want Connor Murray slash Reese Webb starting the tests, and I want whichever one isn't starting the tests to be starting the midweek with fucking Ben Young sat on the bench in the midweek doing as little as fucking possible, hopefully. Now, I wouldn't take Ben Young's and I wouldn't take Danny Kerr simply because I don't want to take them, even though I'm English. <laughs> I don't want to take them. Who's the other options? Who's the other options? Ali Price? No. No? Stupid hair. Stupid. I mean, you know, the hair alone is a court martial offence. Exactly. But uh, the, the, uh, Gareth Davis? No. No. Serious lack of brain problem. Massive lack of it. Incredibly athletic, no brain. It's then between it's what's Kieran left Marmion. then is Kieran Marmion or Glacial Grieg. Is Glacial Grieg going to be fit? Will it, will it matter in terms of the well, speed he good, moves at? I mean, basically, yeah. Even if he's still got a broken ankle, he could probably get the same speed of service. Well, for the same it. reason you want Jenkins as your midweek captain, can Glacial Grieg not do a job? He'll unite if them all. Glac- if Glacial Grieg is fit, I would consider him as a midweek captain also because i don't know about the rest of your team but my team is light on goal kickers so uh, um, yeah probably yes it would yeah. be a mid he would be a good midweek goal kicking option um there you go for that reason alone glacial grieg yeah. going in if, if he's fit glacial grieg if not kieran marmion hell, can we just have two nines hey marmion did a great yeah. job yeah but what he's played one fucking test well. He started one test. Yeah, anyway. Oh, there's a bolter. Pick somebody else. Anybody. Lee Dixon. Know. Yeah. <laughs> Richard, War- Richard Wigglesworth. Why not? Warren Fury. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Is he still playing Warren Fury? Sean, Sean Edwards does rate him. I don't think so. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> well, we should say Richard Wigglesworth, should we, just for this? He's gonna basically. He needs practice at saying that to Liam Williams for next year, <laughs> yeah. right? As well, yeah. Swapping one chopsy fucking dickhead for another. Anyway, yeah. So tens. Tens. easiest pick in fucking whole thing is Johnny Sexton as your first one, obviously. Yeah, absolutely, Johnny Sexton. Now this is where you, it depends how you define a ten, doesn't it? Well, now, exactly. I've got Farrell in there as a ten. See, I've. Picked Farrell in my centres. Okay. And then I had a problem. So, yeah, cause because who the fu- who, who else is there then? Exactly. Because I'm not letting Dan Bigger anywhere near that shit, given how bad he's been this year. I saw the magnificent Twitter argument you were having, by the way. Oh, Jesus. With fuck. Cardiff Blues Phil person, Phil BB. Yes. And, then, and it seemed like a lot of other people who haven't watched rugby in the last 18 months, apparently, because they still think that Dan is. I've heard somebody say that it was basically that Bigger was on the similar sort of level as Sexton, which implies that that person is probably tweeting from some sort of secure facility. <laughs> You're either lying blind or mad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, love, I fucking love Dan Bigger, but he is in bad form at the moment, and he's also now, let's just let's liability. Just, let's just talk. Let's just pick up on what your friend on Twitter was saying, right? His point was he knows Gatland, Yes. He'll probably know the structures, and yes. for somebody to do a job in a short period of time, he's be- he's the better option than any of the others. Well, I can see the point. I just think that other candidates, i.e. 
George Ford, let us not beat around the bush, has played fly half while England have won back-to-back Six won Nations everything. Yes, thanks for, thanks yeah. for reminding me of that. Cheers. 18 fucking tests on the bounce with that man at 10. Now, that can't be by accident. He does have a bad game now and then, but broadly, he's developed his game to the point where he's playing well enough that England... And he's roughly the same size as Bowden Barrett. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if we're talking, if we're going to line these teams up into basis of height and weight, then he is the equal. We should you see that's what they should have done with all those predictions they were doing like last September. Just pick ones that are the yeah. same weight, roughly probably... the same height and weight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, so yeah, anyway, so, so, Sexton or you goes. Pick Finn Russell, who has occasionally no. looked like one of the best fly offs in the world. This, I would not pick year. Finn Russell on the basis that I'm picking Farrow as an outside half. Fair enough. Um, on the basis of the fact that I think that Finn Russell occasionally plays better than any other fly-off in the Northern Hemisphere, I'd at least like to ha- give that a go in the midweek. Why not? What's the worst that could happen? What's the worst that could happen? Midweek? Well, they could lose, and Finn yeah. Russell could become Which a hollowed-out, prob- cross-eyed prob- shell of a man halfway through the game, like he does sometimes. I don't give a fuck about that. I'm Welsh. Um <laughs> Let's destroy his confidence once and for all. Oh, come um, on now. This is not very... After, <laughs> every, after everything that Ben said in the interview about how wonderful the lines are, and you come out with stuff like that, Gardner, you're out of order. Yes, I am. I call um, bullshit on that. So, uh, <laughs> but no, I would genuinely like to see Finn Russell playing against, in New Zealand, with his range of skills and passing and creativity, with a good back line outside him, I think he'd be very good. Or he'd be shit, but he wouldn't be... <laughs> but it wouldn't, wouldn't be boring. Be, That's the it would, but Yeah, it wouldn't be Dan Bigger's unfortunate mediocrity or George Ford's son's comfort blanket, which is always a little bit worrying. I would take Sexton, Farrell and Ford to draw it to a conclusion. Fair enough. I, I would not really object to that, if I'm honest. But if you're picking Farrell as a centre, you'd probably go with Russell. Yes. Sexton, Ford and Russell, would that be? Is that what you've got there? Yeah, I've gone Sexton Russell, and then Farrell is my first 12. Right, okay. Let's move on to centres then. Now, I've got Robbie Henshaw. Yep, obviously. Jonathan Joseph. Yes. Gary Ringrose. Okay. And as a centre, Elliot Daly. Right, okay. See, now I went for... Owen Farrell as a 12 with option to play him at fly-off whenever you need to. Right. Um, Robbie Henshaw, obviously. Jonathan Joseph. And I thought about Ring Rose. I genuinely did. And I was I basically tossed a coin between him and John Davis. And it came down on John Davis just because I think that Gatland would prefer him. Plus, it will... But if it was up to you, would you want Ring Rose or Davis? I would probably lean towards Ringrose, but I just don't think he's ready. I think it's maybe come a little bit too soon for him. I think... Yeah, I didn't see enough of him in the Six Nations to really think Lion. You know? And uh, he's, inc- he's obviously, he's obviously going to tour at some point. He is an absolute fucking stellar talent, but I just think it's a teensy bit early for him. Plus, picking John Davis ahead of the new Brian Driscoll is fucking hilarious. So, um, 
<laughs> so you're just basically trolling. That's, I'm that, trolling that's... Keith Woods is what I'm doing. Um, no, I genuinely <laughs> do. I genuinely do think that, like, for all of the John Davis isn't as quick as he once was, but he is defensively solid and will not make too many mistakes. And Gatland likes the left-footed kicking option in the back line as well. Let's not forget. So, yeah. Yeah, okay. I've tried to go for a lot of versatility in my back line. So Farrell can play 10. John Davis yeah. can, if necessary. I, I very nearly picked Scott Williams because of his ability to play 12 and 13, but then I realised it was Scott Williams, so I decided <laughs> not to. The entirely um, unconvincing Scott Williams, yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Henshaw, JJ, Ringrose, Daly, I've gone for. I, but Daly can I, play on the wing. Daly can play... Henshaw, there's only one inside centre there in Henshaw, but Farrell can play in centre, which is what I think he will do, actually. I think he Well, see, I th- I've got a feeling that for all of the, oh, Farrell's nailed on Lions starting 12, I think having looked at Warren... Well, we'll come back. We'll pick in our 15 in a minute. Okay. Let's come back to that then. But um, yeah, I genuinely think that centre is by a country mile the weakest position that the Lions have got. I did find when I sat down, look when you look around... It's not good, is it? It's not good. You've got Scott Williams, Jonathan Davis, you've got JJ, you've got Ben Teo, no. No. Um, Jamie Roberts, no. Jamie Roberts, absolutely not. You've got Ringrose and Henshaw, you're probably, Henshaw definitely, Ringrose is very nearly there. You've got the vast army of Scottish centres who were all in hospital. All injured. Well, that's the thing. It would have been a much stronger, much easier centre part, like, platoon to pick if all of the good Scottish centres hadn't gone and fucking crocked themselves um, mm. particularly Hugh Jones, for me Hugh Jones would be on the fucking plane if he hadn't gone and buggered himself up in that final game um, it's a real shame yeah as a second 13 behind yeah. Jay, Jay, Jonathan Joseph and, yeah, and yeah. a very similar player to Jonathan Joseph in the fact that he's lightning quick, runs a good line and knows where the try line is Yeah. So, Wings yes, I've picked well I've kind of done a hybrid wings and Back, or back three thing. Right. So I've got six players. So an outside backs sort of thing. Yes, indeed. So if we're talking pure wingers. Yeah. Um, George North. Yeah. Tommy Seymour. Jack Noel. Well, as in players that actually can only well, play on Tommy the Tommy Seymour did demonstrate why he should be picked, didn't he? <laughs> Last week. Look, I, I was basically, in, like Warren Gatland, I was very convinced by that one high ball that he took. Yeah, and catching um, the ball is very important in New Zealand. It is Stuart really Barnes. important in New Zealand. So, so. Don't forget that. Um, no, I picked my back, my six back three players. Right, North then. Hot, Liam Williams, Elliot Daly, Jack Noel and Tommy Seymour. Well, I've got Daly in as a centre. So yeah. I've got... North. Yep. Noel. Yep. Liam Williams. Yep. Anthony Watson. See, I, 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 I'm denied between Watson and Seymour, and I kind of made this before I watched the Bath-Leicester game on the weekend, and mm. I, I'm already having buyer's remorse in that regard. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have Watson um, above Seymour. Sorry, I know it's I, no, Scottish I, I, thing, you I know, politics and all the, that. But the form that he is coming back into is and again. I think yeah, it, it was a little bit of a political thing for me that I just felt bad that there weren't more Scottish players in there because they've had such a great season. But when you look at them man for man against their other their equivalents, I just uh, yeah, Anthony Watson offers more versatility than Seymour and 
Tommy Seymour was really fucking good last year and and at the start of this season, and he's looked a little bit average since then. Here comes my Gethin yeah. Jenkins, by the way. Oh, God. Chris Ashton. <laughs> I would fucking take Chris Ashton on a Lions tour. I would fucking take Chris Ashton on a Lions tour. I genuinely would. However, you're not going to. No, honest. it's not, but this is my selection. I want to yeah, take Chris Ashton, are, all right? You're perfectly entitled to take Chris Ashton if you want. Just I think it'd be funny. Can you imagine, can you imagine Chris Ashton playing down there? It'd be great. It'd be great. He would hit all of the lines, like as a midweek player as well. Yeah. Brilliant. Plus, it was, it'd be kind of like a nice little vindication before he goes off to Toulon with middle fingers raised <laughs> in the direction of Eddie Jones. Yeah. If he, if he somehow managed to, through injury, work his way into a Lions 15. It's been known to happen. Fuck me. Nobody would, have, nobody would have had John Bentley started in 97, would they? No, they certainly wouldn't have. I mean, when you look at bloody Sean Maitland starting in 2013, let's not forget that happened. Boom, yeah. So, yeah, so where was I? North, Noel, Liam Williams, Anthony Watson, Stuart Hogg. Fair enough. And then yeah, Ashton. Mine, is, mine is North, Hogg, Williams, Daly, Noel, and Watson. Fuck it. Sorry, Tommy. What you, 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 so you're not taking Keith Earls then, just to be clear? Uh, I thought long and hard about it, but <laughs> just couldn't. I just couldn't find room for him this time. Okay, so that kind of brings us to the end. But I've lost track of who we're selecting now in centres and wings. It doesn't matter. You've heard the discussion out yes, there. You've, you, 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 you're probably, you know, even if to we be honest, <laughs> you're probably so blinded with rage the things that we've selected yeah. so far that you've probably stopped listening and pulled your headphones out. Uh, very probably. Or switched to people who seem to know what they're talking about. Uh, um, good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, so in terms of fullback then, you're not taking halfpenny, did you say? Uh, well, no, I'm not. I had him down here, but I'm not. I'm thinking if I'm taking Watson, I think him as a, and Williams, Watson, Williams and Hogg can cover fullback quite nicely, I think. Exactly. And, and, and I just, I, <laughs> I don't see how you, like for all of the brilliance that he's been on the last two tours, I don't think, look at him as the player he is today. I don't think you can justify taking him. No, we can't. And it breaks my fucking heart because I love Lee Halfpenny, but I just don't think he does it. I think he will go. He will go because it's Warren Gatland. Because it's Gatland. And he and loves Gatland him more than life itself. To players who have done the job for him in the past. He loves and... Lee, Lee Halfpenny more than crew cuts. And that's saying yes. something. And, and doing ill-advised DIY things and injuring himself. <laughs> um, yes. Shall we do our Lions 15 then before this... Right, go. Goes on any longer. Okay, so my Lions 15 is Maker Vunapola. Yes. Ken Owens. Yes. Tav Furlong. Yes. Joe Launchbury. Yes. Mario Itoje. Yes. CJ Stander. Yes. Sam Warburton. Yes. Billy Vunapola. Yes. Reese Webb. I had Connor Murray, but I can see that, yeah. Flip a coin. Flip a Only coin. Only because it's the I... Murray Sexton axis, that's yeah, all. Yeah, I. I... I think I just was thinking, I remember how good Reese Webb was in New Zealand last year. But um, yeah, um, Sexton. Yeah. North. And now here's where I've kind of gone towards what I think Gatlin will do. Okay. Robbie Hench, Henshaw at 12. He loves a fucking lump. He does love a lump at 12, doesn't he? And Henshaw's just... more than a lump, actually. He, of course he is, but he's a big man. He is. And Gatlin loves a big man at 12. Um. 13, Jonathan Joseph. 14, yeah. I've actually gone Liam Williams. I've gone Elliot Daly. Fair play. And Stuart Hogg. Hogg I yeah. think 
I would, if it was up to me, I'd be selecting Farrell at twelve. But I can see what you're saying. Yeah, I'd be. I'd probably select Farrell at twelve as well. But I just think he's. Yeah. Hey, A Henshaw's in very good form, and mm. he is the sort of twelve that Gatland thinks. Yeah, that'll work. Yeah, big man, big physical man who can pass a bit with very very fast man outside him is kind of Gatland's weird wet dream. Do you think that maybe it might be possible that he might start Fallatow and have Billy on the bench? I think it's not entirely beyond the realms, to be honest. Only with because Fallatow, as we've discussed many times, doesn't actually bring much impact off the bench. As ridiculous as that sounds, because he's very kind of player true. He, he is. He's, he is so a, actually, if he's not a, started, he's probably not in the squad. No, he probably isn't. And I think he's, he's a brave man that doesn't pick Felipe Fallatow in New Zealand, given his ability. And is undeniable. You know, he is the closest thing that the Northern Hemisphere has to Kieran Reid. Yeah, and... I agree. When used correctly. Well, yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. We'll, we'll see. There, are, we'll there see. are permutations upon permutations. But at the moment, that is... So, Mako, Owens, Furlong, Itoji, Launchbury, Warburton, Warburton, Stander, Billy. Billy, Murray, Sexton, or Webb Sexton... Yeah, Farrell JJ or North Henshaw, JJ. Yeah, and then that. wings. North, you said Williams in yeah, I said Elliot Daly. Yeah, and Hog. See, yeah. I think that team, if it pulls together, that's as that's apart from some obvious examples, that's not a million miles away from I New think Zealand. It will be rough. I think. It's always hard to tell, isn't it? Because Gatlin has a tendency to spring some weird shit on people from time to time. But I think... I don't know how that team could be that much different from that, picking on form and ability. Yeah. So there you go. That was our little gallop through the Lions. The actual squad is named... <laughs> little gallop? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> hey, we're under an hour with that. Oh. Oh, actually, yeah. no, that's because I've not put the interview in yet, which I'm going to do later. It's actually <laughs> going to be into nearly an hour and a half now. I don't think we're going to have time for the shit good ratings, I'm afraid. No, I think we might. Can we just run through them without me talking about them? Yeah, okay, do that. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, Ray Lilo, unplayable, brilliant, havoc. Um, that Chiefs try, holy shit. Yeah, that was absolutely ridiculous. Unbelievable. 22 seconds, one pass, seven offloads, five players, 99 meters. Boom. <laughs> Amazing. Um, also good, uh, Dylan Lades, Lades, that fucking ridiculous offload for the Stormers. Yeah. Uh, what try. was even more brilliant about that was because it was just like a surround one. He had time just to pass it normally. Yeah. Yeah. But and he decided, he decided not to. to do a ridiculous reverse out the back offload, which is sort of absolutely ridiculous behavior that we all like um and my last one is the sun wolves because they fucking won a game yes they did and it was yeah. it was a humdinger as well yeah well, in that the result beat... was it was <laughs> yeah i mean they beat the bulbs bulls who let's be honest must have to take a long hard look at themselves now um i know they're talking about getting rid of a couple of super rugby teams this week um Bulls must have been flying back to South Africa wondering, fuck. Here's some goods from Twitter. Greg yeah. Collum got in touch and said, it would be nice if you mentioned this week the fact that Saracens have given the emergency services 10,000 tickets for free. That is nice. That is nice. 
I mean, is that just because they couldn't sell them? I mean, I'm sorry <laughs> to be a bit of a a bit of a git, but yeah, it was. You know, I think there were quite a few knocking about, weren't there? Give yeah. ten thousand free at a sellout game at um, Allianz. But yeah. who's going to well, do that? No, it is a nice yeah. gesture. I'm it's, sorry, it's Greg. It's a lot better than what they have done in previous years, which is give all those tickets away on co- to corporate arseholes. Yes, um, it is. It is a nice so gesture, Greg. It is a very I'm resisting nice thing all of the snit, all of the sniffy and snarky shit. I want to say right now, but yes, it is a nice gesture. Mm-hmm. Uh, good. Rhiannon Garth Jones got in touch. Who said good was Farrell accidentally hitting a cheerleader during the warm-up when he nailed a drop goal effort. <laughs> so that's that. a double good. One, he nailed a drop goal, and two, he hit a cheerleader. Two. Yeah, no cheerleaders. Moving into shit, which we're about to do. Yes. (laughs) Moving into, yeah, cheerleaders out, drop goals in. Yes. In fact, drop goal cheerleaders, start doing that. (laughs) Why not? And from Rhiannon as well, who was also at the game, who was at that game, shit, and I've had a lot of people saying this was shit, the god-awful hype attempts at Wembley in Saris versus Quinn's. Apparently there was an absolutely horrific hype man employed at the beginning. I mean, if anybody knows horrific hype manning, it's probably Saracens. They, they did are it the week the team before that as well, didn't they? Stand actually? up for fucking Saracens. Let's not forget. Let's not forget. So that's the start of the but, shit. Uh, yeah, it's shit for me. Thomas Waldrum, second forward ever to score fifty <laughs> Premiership. We've tries. not mentioned Chubby Tommy much this season, have no, we? We've not been paying but, much attention while Exeter quietly go on climbing up the league. We've not paid much yeah. attention. I mean, plaudits for what being the best stander at the back of rucks and moles. Well done. What the fucking do? Boo. Only Neil Back, <laughs> who also stood at the back of rucks and moles. He's got more, exactly. he's got more tries noticing, than him. I'm noticing a theme here. Um, other shits for me Dan Bigger um, shanked a straightforward kick to lose Ospreys the game against Leinster and thereby retaining the shit watch title for another week for oh, Ospreys, of course. by the yes, way. Yes. Um, uh, but afterwards then admitted that he was dazed and didn't remember anything about the last 10 minutes having come back on, having suffered a nasty cut above the eye. Um, so well done, dickhead. Um, not only do you lose your team again, but you put your own health. And just, just why is this still nothing happening? A, nothing about this is good. No, why is this still happening when all of this shit fuss is being made about concussions? Why are players still... A this is, putting their health yeah. in such and why are medics? Why have we not got independent medics to just stop them from doing it's this all shit? Because inexorably beyond... moving to the point where they have to have proper independent doctors doing this fucking job because it's just the trouble is who will pay for it? But mind you though, well, yeah, they have to pay for the police, don't they? Yeah. So and they have, that's and just they you know add like add another gr- add another stuff, grand so. on to the game to the match fee. You get an independent doctor. It's just going to have to be done, isn't it? It's going to have because they clearly. You know, Dan Bigger is 27 years old. He is not, and he is not stupid. And yet, he has ignored every yeah. bit of education that he must have been given over the last three or four years and gone, I don't know, I'm yeah. dazed as fuck. And it's I completely don't know understandable is. because players are stupid with stuff like this. Yeah, There's absolutely. no sense, there's no logic. I don't, That's why you got to have doctors. I don't blame him for it. I mean, I sort of blame him for taking the kick when he admitted that he couldn't really see properly. <laughs> but obviously, he wasn't in his right mind. He shouted himself blind. Yeah, he was concussed and is in the concussion protocol now. But he should not have been allowed back on the field. And it's fucking absurd. It's all a bit too Matthew Modine in any given Sunday with these doctors. Who are we to ruin their dreams? One fucking bit. (laughs) Anyway, other shits. Um, Saints and Bristol both somehow losing a game despite winning and 
scoring what Saints scored five tries, Bristol scored four away from home. Um, still just couldn't hold out. Very sad. Ben Sweeney um, on Twitter got in touch and said that shit that good is the Curry brothers at sale. But what is shit is every single commentator saying how identical they are every five seconds. Yes, we fucking get it, says Ben. It, it, I have no, I've actually only watched about three sale games this year, and I remember that being mentioned at least half a dozen <laughs> That's times. It's ridiculous, isn't it? Lads, yes, it. they are fucking we get it. twins. I've done, the, I've done commentary. I get that it's, you kind of want to remind everybody that it's hard to tell them apart, but the way you fucking tell them apart is the number on the when back. When did you do commentary? Um, yes, I've done text commentary. Oh, right, it's okay. ESPN, yeah, 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 yeah. Which broke my brain. Um, it's difficult, isn't it? It's fucking horrendous, um, especially when you're typing and you're having to pronounce either Polynesian or yep. Eastern European names. And, and then make it entertaining, it. not just say he's kicked it out. He's just rolled yes. the left. And then you've got like got to interpret people tweeting you into it somehow to make it entertaining. A bit like this, really. Yeah, but but with much more time pressure and a migraine. A late um, text that came in. Yes. Uh, sorry, a late tweet from Phil Jones. Mm. Did you see this? Look who's back to make a late charge as a Lions bolter. Have you seen that? Fucking, I did see this. It's a glorious day. Aled Brew returns yes. from injury for the Harlequins A game this evening at the wreck. Brilliant. No Brew, what? no clue. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's a massive boost for Bath playoff chances. Let's not well, beat around the bush. It's a massive yeah. boost for Northern Hemisphere rugby, quite frankly. That's very true. That is very true. Um, speaking of Aled Brew... What is very shit is his old team, the Dragons. Um, in the battle of the teams that might not very well exist next season, they managed to come get fucking battered by Zebra away <laughs> for the second season in a row. Um, fucking hell, I know it's a mess off the field in Newport at the moment, but they, when there's people saying, oh no, there's another way we can force a better deal out of the WRU. Have you fucking looked at the shit that you're putting on the field and you think that you can somehow bargain a better deal? Lads, just be glad that anyone wants you at all. It must be. You know what? It sounds patronising, but I have the deepest sympathy in many ways for new for Dragons Absolutely. fans. Absolutely. The ones who turn up, fair fucking do to you because it yeah. must have been, it can't be much fun. No. I'm an old athletic fan in football. I know what looks like not much fun, <laughs> believe me. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think I just thought that was just like, fucking hell, as if things couldn't get any worse than they're getting dicked by Zebra now. And that is a perfect way to end this week. <laughs> just That's a perfect way to end every week by Zebra. getting dicked Goodbye. by Zebra and Ali Bruce come back. That's the yin and yang of good, bad news, good, really shit and good, actually, encapsulated it? in one little thing. The highest highs and the lowest lows. <laughs> <laughs> All of it coming out of Wales, where by and large it's going. It is going terribly. Let's not beat around the bush. <laughs> Judgment Day this weekend, though. Judgment Day this weekend. <laughs> Hooray. Hooray. Right. Um, we'll see you next week, where we will have um, it's before the Lions tours announced, t- squads announced. So we'll have the usual roundup of stuff next week. Thank you very much, everybody, for tuning in and Indeed. giving us your time. And we'll speak to you all next week. Goodbye. Thank you. Take care, everybody. The one and only Sausage and Egg McMuffin from McDonald's. With a freshly cracked free-range egg 
perfectly seasoned sausage and oozing cheese. Mm, that's unreal. What she said. McDonald's. Breakfast done properly. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.